Before we get started today, I want to give a brief word from our sponsors, Trust Spot. So social proof drives sales. No one doubts it. I know for myself, I don't buy anything without reviews, but it's more than words on a screen. It's real experiences from customers via pictures and videos taken by your customer. This authenticity builds trust, which increases sales. So TrustSpot automates the capture of your product reviews, text, photo, and video. TrustSpot captures it all. TrustSpot displays your raving customer reviews on your site to generate even more customers. So give TrustSpot a try and receive 20% off your first three months when you sign up at TrustSpot.io. That's TrustSpot.io. Just let them know that you heard about it on the D2C podcast. On with the show. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC by Pilot House. Hello and welcome to the D2C podcast. I'm Eric Dick here with Kyle Guilfoyle. And today we are very lucky to have D2C icon Brenda Mendez here on the D2C podcast. Now, Brenda helped start Snow Teeth Whitening, uh, a brand that's very near and dear to our heart. Uh, starting on the ground floor, doing everything from fulfillment, customer service, packaging, product dev, supply chain, to becoming the COO and pioneering the influencer marketing and big time retail partnerships that have really helped accelerate Snow over the past several years. Uh, at the end of 2019, Brenda left and is now consulting and coaching entrepreneurs on their journeys in the space. I'm super excited to welcome Brenda Mendes to the show. How are you doing? Really good. Thank you so much for the introduction. And thank you again for bringing all of us entrepreneurs to share our story with everybody else. We like to, yeah, no problem. We, we like to start with a quick hit and, and really try, get a sense of someone right away. What would you say is your specific zone of genius? Let's see. My zone of genius is figuring out anything out. I just get in there. I'm a problem solver. I'm a critical thinker. I'm a creative. So no matter the industry, and I have seen that no matter the industry that I go in and help entrepreneurs is just, let me just figure it out alongside with you. Let me just fix your life and your business. And let's build some operations and systems to help you uh, alleviate all those stress and growing your company. Well, you, well, you definitely sound like a very handy person uh, to have around. Um, uh, we, I, I'd love, I'd love to just hear a, a Coles Notes version of of your story and uh, and and how you ended up where you uh, where you are today. Could, could you tell us that story? Yeah, of course. So I ended up uh, graduating from Arizona State University in three years. I have always been very academic driven and education, higher education. I speak to a lot of students now and I mentor a lot of them. But right after college, I went into the corporate world and I graduated with an accounting degree and went straight to the big four. And I was very, very grateful to be in that position because I come from a single mother um, raising five kids on her own. And so I know that the struggle of um, working hard in entrepreneurship was not an option for us. So we had to go with the most uh, guaranteed path. And that was accounting for me because you can't get rid of taxes or auditing. And so I went in there and I didn't stay long because I got to understand that I, I don't like the ceilings. I like to be very creative and again, figuring out things and I, I need to be challenged. And I, I think because of growing up, my survival mechanism, I always want to dive into the challenges and spreadsheets wasn't a big challenge for me. I mean, I got those spreadsheets down and crunched numbers and 
I had the corporate card and the great salary. But after that, I said, let me take uh, another deep into something challenging that's really going to help me grow. And I'm young. And sorry, mom, you have four other kids that can give you the guaranteed and help you out. And so I went into a, a marketing agency. And that's where I met um, my current partner, Josh, that we ended up um, helping a lot of entrepreneurs. And that was, again, like helping entrepreneurs. Um, and we started doing what we preach in the marketing agency. And that is when we started Snow internally, working with a lot of e-commerce brands on our own. And that's when we said, let's just take a uh, jump into working on this e-commerce brands because clearly we're being validated by customers that love love this product. And that was the beginning of also influencer marketing on social media, and that helped us out a lot. And from there, I just, again, figured it out, rolled up my sleeves and got in the trenches and um, grew grew that company along with uh, my partner and, and finding all these challenges and going to retail and the suppliers and working with um, product development, R&D, and really honing in to making the best teeth whining system out there that it's convenient, it is high end, it works. So everything aligned. And after that, um, I was in it since like 2016, so four or five years. And I would say I left in 20, um, December 2019 because of the very burnout stage that I experienced taking it to retail. I mean, for the last four or five years, I, I worked 12 to 16 hours. I was in the trenches. I was helping. I was growing teams. My leadership skills developed, and I'm super grateful for that um, experience of fast growth. But after that, I said, let me just go regain that passion that I, I had early on in building these brands. And again, I love the challenge. So I now help um, other entrepreneurs skip that curve, the learning curve, and not waste the millions of dollars that we did by learning that and just going in and saying, oh, this is your growth um, period. Let me help you. Let me um, automate, make systems free operations. Let's, let's work on a marketing campaign. And that's what I love doing right now. Very cool. What like, so within your zone of genius of figuring these things out, what, what are the most rewarding things that you figure out and what's, what's one thing, like, what's your, yeah, what's your best insight about that, about that aspect? Let's see. I, I'm a little weird when it gets to figuring things out. The entrepreneur comes to me with all these um, issues, challenges, and I smile and I and I get really excited because it's a puzzle for me. Again, I, I'm very analytical and from my accounting background, I see a challenge and I just, I truly see how to break it apart. And I don't, I know how to manage stress very well. So I come in and it's a puzzle for me. So I break it up and I, I see what needs to happen, especially in that growth period. So taking snow from zero to 1 million, one to 10, 10 to 30, 30 to like hundred million, you get to see all those uh, gaps that they're not seeing or like, hey, there's a better way to do so. And so I get really excited knowing that there's a, there's a solution for it. They can't see it, but I'm there to help them out. And I think that's the most rewarding part of working with entrepreneurs. That's awesome. I'd, I'd love to hear about um, what your what your top takeaways were from, you know, taking snow, you know, to those sort of um, exponential levels of growth and, and, and how you're applying those in your, you know, your, your consulting practice? 
you know, growing a brand from the bottom, not knowing anything. I mean, I came in not knowing product development and I just figured it out. I talked to suppliers. I, I worked with the reiterations, uh, the back and forth, um, the communication with suppliers. So learning all that. And I would say, um, it was a lot of learning, a lot of mistakes. I mean, Black Friday, I mean, I managed a million dollars in one day just to like get this product out and people don't understand the back end and, and the warehouse and how chaotic it is. And and so learning all those little tad bits and again, with taking it to retail, I had to redesign the whole packaging because now the barcode has to be on the bottom right hand, two inches away from the corner. Like those are the little details that you don't know. I didn't learn that in school. I didn't learn that in supply chain um, in college. So understanding what it took, now I come into these uh, companies and I, the biggest and the most important things that I took from just figuring everything out and running with um, a chicken with your head cut off is setting systems, understanding operations and trying to see where you can automate, whether it's through a software or having perfect systems where somebody that can come in from, I don't know, China, not know a lick of English, English but understand how these systems are, are, are placed so that you can grow. And so as you're trying to grow, if your foundation, if your pillars aren't strong enough, that house is going to fall. And so I always try to say, let's build these moats around your brand. So anything that comes, whether a competitor, whether it's somebody's trying to sue you, whatever it is, you have those strong foundations. And that starts with um, the fundamentals of operations and systems. So, so off. Obviously, there are, there are tons of different systems, tons of different modes that any you know unique business could have. Uh, I'm wondering if if you notice that there are specific systems or modes that a lot of businesses are missing that you're like you see that and you're like, yeah, damn, we're gonna you know pluck some low hanging fruit by building this and implementing this system. Um, ha have you ever had have have you seen this much in the in the space? Yes, yeah, so I sort of developed this framework and it has been working a lot for whether it's a product, a service or um, a person building their own brand. And what I love to see is how can we set up these system in order to grow and elevate your brand? So brand equity, do you have any IPs in place? Do you have um, your domain? Do you have your I IG handle, whatever it is that will elevate your brand and, and create that brand perspective that people will, will associate with? So that's one pillar. The next one is community. How are you building that community? Whether it's um, how are you talking to your customers? Do you have them on a rewards or loyalty program? How are you building um, that that loyalty with your customers is more about that retention and and the follow up. So it's like, what is your follow up process? And I I love going through the customer journey of every single company and say, let's see the gaps of where you're not you're you're not converting. And instead of putting all these millions of dollars into this face Facebook ads or or the advertising is like, let's again, go back, go back to the fundamentals of where is, is the gaps in that customer journey alongside. Totally. So brand community, what can you give us the rest of the pillars? Brand community association. So okay. the association with this goes with influencers and um, association with PR. Are you go, are you on Vogue? So then 
when people see your brand and you have those logos, those trustworthiness, and how can you associate yourself with whatever is going to elevate your brand? And it for me is always elevating your brand and how you can grow it and building out these distribution channels as well. So uh, from the retail perspective is like, we're associated with Target, we're not associated with, with Walmart. And what makes a brand is saying no to a lot of things and, and being really close to what makes your brand. And so we're not gonna close a deal that could be for millions with Walmart because again, somebody that walks in is going to associate our brand and lower it because we're actually higher high up brand and we go in Target, we don't go Walmart. So that association, that could go a long way with um, many things. I mean, um, working with influencers too is like who, who are our customers going to see and associate us with that makes sense. Again, like if you're having a teeth wine product for $150 and somebody else um, tries to show it off, their following isn't going to uh, understand the price point if it's the wrong customers or the wrong following. So um, we worked with Kim Kardashian. It's like, okay, obviously she's big and she's going to drive a lot of that, but we wouldn't work with somebody else that wouldn't, our brand wouldn't associate ourselves with and is either lowering or hiring it. I would say there was probably a couple in there I've seen from some of Josh's presentations, a few influencers that were, what was the, the Beetlejuice? Is it? Uh, yes. But yes. that was an interesting one because it was sort of playing against type and just, you know, and the, and everyone's humor and humanity came out in that a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that, but it that all makes really sense with the teeth, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, totally. It's on brand, 100%. I wanted to just talk a little bit broader for a second. Sorry, we're, I actually, I shouldn't let you off the hook here. We got three of your pillars. What's Is there anything else? I think those are the top ones. Uh, building your brand equity through um, yeah, IPs awesome. and um, community and association. Very cool. I think that's super valuable for people to, to be able to think about that. And p- pillars usually, three pillars is usually the amount of pillars you want anyway. So in a, in a good structure. The bar, so yeah. In a bar stool, that's right. I wanted to talk broader for a second about D2C. This is something I'm really interested in. It's, and it's something with you ha- having had so much amazing opportunity in this D2C space and, and how really the opportunity is open to more people than, than people may realize. Like talk a little bit about like what, what this whole like e-commerce evolution is, is sort of meaning to the world, do you think? I think it's a way to expand and and get your product out there. It's a more convenient way uh, to reach the masses. I mean, we're talking about re- brick and mortar and retailers where you actually have a physical capacity of how many people can come into your store, where now we have the ability and the privilege to to showcase our product online. And now we have millions of people going to your sites. Like yeah. that's incredible to me. And and being able to put your message out there and talk to millions of customers in, a, in the right way to do it. And you can do that sim- simultaneously in multiple different ways, different channels. Um, so I just think it's amazing. For sure. And, um, and we actually have quite a few coaches and consultants in the marketing space who, who listen to this podcast. Um, you, you mentioned uh, burnout being one of the factors that, that led you to, uh, to sort of go out on your own. I, I'm wondering um, if you could take us back to that point and, and tell us if there were any other things that were going on for you that, that led you to, uh, to, to, to take that leap. Yes, and I talk a lot about this, the the, the mental um, ability to grow a brand like this at very fast pace. And 
For me, I would say understand why you're doing this, understand where you're going, because growing a D, uh, D2C brand, it takes over you. It, it, it ends up telling you what it wants to do. It's a growing baby. And if you don't have that discipline, if you don't have that control of, okay, where do I want to take it? Do I care about the revenue and I'm making profits? And what, what's truly important to you? Because there's going to be a lot of sacrifices um, along the way. Is it I value my family, but right now I'm growing this D2C brand and I'm, I'm sacrificing the time with my family. So I really tell them like hone down on exactly why you're doing this and and how can you balance? And we, a lot of people talk about balance. And I believe you can balance and you can have it all, but there's going to be sacrifices in the way. But always prioritize your health. So now doing this on my own terms, and I'm in no rush to go back into burnout because I have that option. But it's about taking care of yourself, your mental health. And I develop, um, I, I told you I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and um, college students, and I say, look for your five non-negotiables and your five non-negotiables. And I talk a lot about time management. So it's like blocked your uh, five non-negotiables, whether what are you doing for your mental health? What are you doing for your emotional health? Are you meditating? Are you, are you FaceTiming your mom? Because everybody's always busy to FaceTime their mom, but that's something that's filling up your cup. So what can you do to fill up your cup to know that you are in control of your own life and then take care of everything else because you can't take care of everything else if you can't take care of yourself. So cool. That is, it's very, very sage. Um, I love that. Um, and and if, if you don't mind, um, for, for those coaches and consultants listening, it'd be awesome to get a, a little bit of an idea of how, how your business works from, you know, the, the moment a new client uh, comes into your world uh, all the way through to the results you, uh, you deliver for them. Yes. Yeah, so I've been still trying to figure that out. And I think I've get, I'm getting a lot better because I have both the aspiring entrepreneurs that are trying to get past, get past that 1 million mark in revenue year. So I work uh, a lot of, I do a lot of group coaching where it's like, let's talk about how you can set up your fundamentals, especially in finance. So I help them a lot with like your finances. Let's talk about marketing strategies. So I do that more on a group setting. And then I also have the next version where it's um, more on, what I found out and what I'm really good at, it's yes, I can consult you a couple hours, but again, I want to get in the trenches with you because that's how you're going to, I can give you a little taste and I can tell you, but entrepreneurs are all over the place and they're trying to figure it out as they go. And so I can tell you, and then I'll come back in three months and you still haven't implemented that, that uh, amazing strategy that you thought it was uh, the best idea ever. And that, you know, you can grow your business. So what I'm, playing with is I want to be the Cheryl Sandberg for e-commerce brands. So what that means and what I'm looking at is I want to go in there, whether it's three to six months and go in there in the trenches and implement it and figure it out with you. And I don't want you to need me because I'm going to get go in there and, and help you set up those systems, those automations, help you with your culture, help you grow your team. Let's let me set that up for you. I don't want you to need me. I don't want you to just spend three three hours a week for like the next year and still not implement that. So that's what I'm playing with. And um, other than that, I love to help the masses. I just think e-commerce is a huge uh, playing ground that everybody should get in. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I was getting at that a little bit earlier. I just I think there is this incredible low barrier to opportunity to to grow these kinds of businesses. 
Um, but I was interested in your uh, in your consulting business uh, as well, and and how you're you're kind of figuring out these relationships, these idea of non non negotiables, where you know you're you're all about foundations and systems, and and you you mentioned something when you were talking about consulting is that you want you're helping people with their lives as well, and so I'm interested. Mm-hmm. It is it, how how far does a Brenda Mendez like you know, consulting go, because if, if you're a chief executive or a founder and you have a lot of disarray in the way you're, you're, you're acting, you know, you're, you may not be able to, to scale. You may not have the right foundations to scale. So yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, I go as far as you want me to. And I have this ability there that I'm non-judgmental when I come in and I want you to be vulnerable with me and trust me. And I've had times where I sit the wife down and the entrepreneur because we understand how what that looks like. And there's a lot of um, people don't really know how to communicate. Humans are very complicated. I'm very, I'm very open. I'm very transparent. I'm very spiritual. And I say, this relationship has to everything outside of your business has to be aligned because it leaks into your business, whether your relationship with your wife isn't going right or your kids or there's something internally. And I love to go to the core of the entrepreneur and and these warriors think they can do it all. But again, they're going to reach burnout. And so I come in and again, I'm like the the Wendy of, of the show Billions, like I see that I see past the uncomfortable conversation and they say, what is really bothering you? Because right now you're coming into the office and the employees can really sense that. And that's how you, you build that uh, company culture too, is like, let's have, I just implemented a quarterly meeting for this um, company that's actually in the millions and they've never really had a meeting and is like, let's get let's get each other um, together. Let's talk about uh, the fires once a week that need, that need um, attention because as a founder, you're all over the place. And if you don't set boundaries again, is and you just like get dragged into all these meetings, into all these emails, you're, you're all over the place. But I don't believe in busyness. I believe in product being productive and efficient. And so it's like, you're going to have to set boundaries on when, um, your employees talk to you. And so I developed also a communication waterfall. And so what does that look like before everybody be, comes to you and tries to solve a problem is like, you're going to go to the Google Drive. If the answer is not there, you're going to go to the manager. If the answer is not there, you're going to look for it in Google if it's not there. So there's like these steps and boundaries because you're just one person. The entrepreneur is one person trying to do everything. And that's going to lead to burnout. So every single area of their lives needs to be aligned to their purpose and where they're going. Oh, man, I love that. I especially, um, well, I love a lot of it, but I really like the the idea that, you you know, you have these boundaries. Um, people have to take steps before they, you know, before they can have direct access to you. Um, I love that. And actually, Eric and I, we're, we're studying this concept of a who, not how, um, which is championed by, by a fellow named Dan Sullivan. Um, who you may know. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just great because so often, you know, we as entrepreneurs, we're always focused on the, how, the, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to grow? Um, you know, how are we going to do X, Y, and Z? And, um, and the best answers, uh, come from looking to who, uh, so yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And, um, um, I'm wondering if you could tell us, Again, again, going a bit uh, a step back, more broad speaking, uh, in the DTC space, um, 
particularly for coaches and consultants who maybe want to break into it or, or even brand owners who'd like to possibly create a new brand. Um, do you think that there is uh, a space that is most underserved right now in, in DTC, whether it's like customer journey or, or email automation or what, what do you think? I think the operations is very lucrative. I think the foundations, um, I would say there's different areas. So I would start with operations and finding those executors and those implementers. Again, worry about your big vision and not get so deep in the weeds that you, you're you the bottleneck for your company. And I have this whole episode of like not being the bottleneck of your company as you're growing. And so again, finding those people that can execute your vision and let, let them figure it out. Let them know that how, uh, to your point, um, so I would say operations and systems. And then the next one would be customer journey. So when I specialize in customer journey, because I, I get to be very empathetic and, and put on that customer hat along with my analytical and marketing hat, where it's like, let's get so deep into how we can emotionally evoke the customer that they're going to rage about you. Um, quote unquote, for free on social media, organically share you and develop that experience for them. So the customer journey, I think it's overlooked because it's, it's not a direct ROI or like, what's our, like, I don't know if you can truly uh, measure it, but I know that in developing the packaging for snow, it has gone hundreds and thousands of organically share because it's like opening a Christmas package every single day of the year. And I developed that and that is exciting the details I love for customers to point out is like that's when you did it so I think the customer journey is very important being customer centric I mean they're the ones that are putting that money into your bank and holding up the company and the employees and all that so like why not focus on the customer totally and then the, th the other thing that you mentioned in your notes that we're really keenly interested in uh, as we're, we're launching a course uh, in the space at a four-day event coming up soon uh, is just in influencer marketing and that like it being the, the really the, the way to, to grow your brand quickly, to establish a brand through, uh, you know, through association, through community uh, and, you know, through these pillars, essentially. Uh, and I feel like influencer marketing just gives you that ability to really accelerate that process, right? like in, and in so that you can go into new markets and with the right strategies, you can, you know, grow businesses very quickly and establish real brands that people love in, in, in very quickly. Do you agree with that? I totally agree. And I want to talk about how that has evolved. And there's a, a slight uh, negative connotation to influencers now. But I think you're a lot of brands are looking at the wrong perspective and going about it. So the tears I love to, to see is go out to get influencers. Um, so I would I would say different tiers. So the bottom tier is the micro influencers, the, the free product uh, in exchange for pose and get that for content. Don't think about the ROI, like get as much as content as you can because that's going to develop the social proof and the association that there's a lot of people that are, are backing up this product. And then the next one would be, okay, let's go after the engagement, not the followers, but the, the people that have the same customers as you. And so then like you go up to like, okay, now I, I am looking for an ROI. 
and what does that look like? And then it goes all the way to um, affil uh, affiliates and ambassadors. So like turn those influencers into ambassadors that can really speak about your brand slash spokes spokespeople. And so then you go higher into like, oh, now is uh, C, C type celebrities. And now you go to the top tier of that pyramid and it's like your best spokesperson that's it's, that's going to, people are going to like speak to that that person and understand that that's who they're um, going behind the brand. And then your A-list celebrities, where it's like, oh, it might not get an ROI, but again, that's association with that celebrity and backing it up um, is going to go, is going to tenfold. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I've recently decided that Kanye is Kanye is my is my. I you know I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get Kai Con, uh, Kanye either as a client or as a reader of the newsletter perhaps. But that's that's my my number one goal. That would be a, a top association for me right now, especially after the Joe Rogan yes. podcast. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, what did you think? It was great. I mean, he is definitely a, a creative and a, a rebel in a sense. But you know why? That's he's very on his own. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of, of what he says. That's what I really appreciated about it as well. Is I feel like we're at the, we're in this time where there's all these systems that are kind of not working. There's and there's new systems emerging, and and to have people who are willing to be out there and be visionaries, uh, I think is exactly what the world needs. And I think we're going to see more of it just because of all the chaos. What what has yeah. the last six months been for you? Like must have been crazy to make this amazing this this career move and then have you know, in March, just in the spring, have the whole world kind of change in this uncertain way, but then to have it kind of everything take off like rocket fuel. What's what's this past six months been like? It has definitely been a, a roller coaster in all ways. And I want to say this is the best year for me, the best year in many different ways. And I, I want to speak on that of like this this is a year for both uh, personal and in business to truly look inwards and understand, bring out everything that you've been holding back and bring out every everything surfacing regardless. People are coming out telling the truth. Things are surfacing already. So like face those fears, go in the fire and, and see what you, you need to address both uh, personally, like go inward, understand, what's been holding you back, what are your fears? And then as a brand is go inward and say what systems aren't working, what's working, what's not, what do I need to change? Who do I need to fire? Who do I need to hire? And how can I elevate and, and level up to the next version of growth? But first you have to really look into like your foundations and what's holding you back is like, oh, I've been doing this wrong. Finance is a huge one. It's like, oh, I've been um, offsetting my finances and now I need to like, figure this out and like make sure it's clean for for my next next level of growth whether you're trying to um, get bought out you're always going to have to come back to the things that you've been neglecting it's, it's you've got a bit of a unicorn vibe going on because it's like you've got you, you know you you have that accounting my, my wife's an accountant as well so i understand like what goes into to that mindset and to come up that way master that and then continue to move all the way up to the highest ends of business development and uh, and creative marketing as well. It's uh, it, I look forward to to kind of you know your your next endeavors for sure. I know Snow probably in your time went through a number of uh, of subtle rebrands. I, I know that the core brand has always been the same. You mentioned something before about you know move, the move to retail requiring a bit of a rebrand, and I wanted to just see if you had any wisdom on rebrands as to like when a brand owner might need to start thinking about a rebrand or, or you know when it's necessary, and then what steps do you take? 
Yes. So rebranding is not as scary as it sounds and sometimes is necessary. And rebranding could, could look a whole evolution, a whole like facelift for your brand. Or it can also look as let's just shift the way we do our packaging. Let's shift the way uh, we speak to our, our customers. So again, going back to the fundamentals of who's your customer and how can you speak to them in every single way, whether it's the website, uh, your creatives and being on brand, but still uh, converting. And so I would say do the most affordable step because obviously you can spend millions on a rebranding and going all out and PR and all this, but do the next best affordable step that's going to get you the best ROI. And the best ROI I mean by uh, is is going to drive value. So I would say, again, pick one, one area that you can really work and that's really going to bring value. I always go back to being customer centric. How can we elevate the customer experience? And let's let's rebrand the packaging. Let's let's think about that. Let's save money but add more value. So let's include something for free, like a velvet bag or travel bag that's going to add value, but it's also going to elevate our brand. And this is a time, I think, if you need an excuse to rebrand this year, everybody's going through a transformative year already. So look look inwards again to your brand and how can you speak to your customers more and elevate your brand if you are a higher brand or whatever it is. But um, I would go back to being customer centric and um, enhancing that customer journey in every single way. Your The way people land on your website, is it, um, is it friendly where do you have a product that needs more education, have a whole section on education? Do you need uh, a whole testimonial section so people can really uh, trust your brand? So uh, that's that's what I would say. Love that. And um, so just a, just a couple of questions to, to wrap up here. Um, you know, you're, you're clearly uh, a great, a great mentor and consultant. I'm wondering, I'm wondering who, who is a consultant or a coach to you? Um, who are your mentors? And um, you know, maybe, maybe any any of your favorite resources. I'd, I'd love to hear about those. I, I would say uh, my biggest mentor in this entrepreneur growth phase was my partner Josh, that really pushed me. And he's he does a great job of seeing your potential when you don't know it, and he places you in the best positions where it's very uncomfortable, but you grow. So I would give it um, up to him for being my best mentor in, in business. And now I I have a lot of um, entrepreneurs that became friends I also consult with. Um, so I would say my clients are, because I'm still learning again, they're giving me that challenge where I, I continue to learn. And I'm a huge advocate for personal development. So I, I consume a lot of content, whether it's podcasts, audiobooks. I mean, the principles um, the book and and the way of the superior man like I go super deep into personal development and learning all the time and putting myself in uncomfortable situations so life is a big mentor of mine anyways <laughs> that's very interesting a way of the superior man um, you know I, I know I know there's plenty of great content for for both men and women but I don't often hear uh, about women reading it so um, it's a great perspective uh, for women and anybody to read mm -hmm. that book and understand Ab these again warriors. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely, it, absolutely. Is it a stoic? Is it a book about stoic? I'm not familiar with it. Is it? Is it a? Is it sort of stoicism? 
it it's it would be understanding the the purpose of see this is why I don't think it's just for men is because yeah. I, I, I find that balance that everybody has the feminine and masculine energy is just in what areas of your life are, are you showing that more? And so understanding where it's showing up and, and everybody has it. Very cool. Uh, sure. Brenda, I want to thank you so much for coming on the D2C podcast today. Uh, if my my uh, green screen doesn't want to support this at all, but we're just going to push it on right through. Everyone gets to see a little bit of my closet over there. Uh, but I want to thank you for coming on today. If people want to get in touch with you, either to talk about consulting or just pick your brain or, or anything like that, how, how do they get? How do they reach you? Yeah, I'm very active on social media, so Facebook or Instagram, mostly Instagram. So uh, my handle is Ruby Ecom R U B Y Ecom, and my email is info at rubyvc.com. And hopefully, I hear from you. And if there's anything I can help you with, I, I would be delighted. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks, Brenda. Everyone, this will be released in a few weeks. uh, And uh, yeah, I look forward to to, to talking to you when it does. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Okay, bye, Brenda. Bye.